Hello and welcome to Judas Roar Podcast. My name is Jordan Griffith. I'm a minister and it is my prayer that this podcast helps you grow in your relationship with God. Walk with me through the garden of relationship as I share with you the words that the Lord has put on my heart and I pray that the messages are a blessing to you. Hello once again and welcome to Judas Roar podcast. Um, if you caught my last one, I've talked about the Hebrew month of Elul and how it represents a time of grace and all the time that um, during the month of Elul they're sounding the shofar, which is the ram's horn. Uh, and that represents a call or a warning to repent. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of repentance where they are, uh, where the Jewish people are getting things in order. They're repenting. They're making things right with one another. They're forgiving. They're asking for forgiveness. Um, it's a time of great grace. And the Jewish sages have likened it as a king in the field where a king is approachable to hear the requests. And we know that as Christians every day for us, while we are in this current season, this dispensation of grace, that we come before uh, Jesus, come before the throne of grace uh, to obtain help in time of need. And we know that we understand that that is our relationship with God with uh, through Jesus and the sacrifice that He made. Uh, it's a time of preparation if you caught the last podcast, it's a time of uh, preparation, whereas the bridegroom has returned to the Father's house. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and when it is finished, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Uh, so we know that Jesus is in a time of preparing for his bride to come collect his bride, which is the church. Uh, so we ourselves should be preparing as the bride, preparing to go to uh, be with Jesus, whether that's by the grave or whether he comes back and gets us uh, via the rapture. Uh, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today is the shofar. Uh, the shofar is blown uh, six days a week during the month of Elul which is the Hebrew month we're in right now. And it is, again, it's a call of repentance because uh, it's a reminder that there's something else that is coming. And at the end of Elul is a, the uh, Hebrew holiday of the Feast of Trumpets, as we call it. It's called Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah. All three of those names mean the same holiday. Uh, and it's in uh, Leviticus 23. It talks about that. Uh, on down in the chapter, and uh, it's a new month, but it's also the Jewish New Year. And each of the biblical holidays, like Passover, um, the Feast of First Fruits, um, and the Feast of Weeks, which is fifty days after Passover, all of those, uh, and then. Uh, Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, as well as the Day of Atonement and the Feast of Tabernacles, all of that are uh, prophetic uh, shadow pictures 
of something that Jesus has has already fulfilled or has yet to fulfill. And it's all uh, prophecy. The word appointed times or feasts is moedim in Hebrew. And it can also have the meaning of rehearsals. And so all throughout the time period, the Jews have been rehearsing. So, for example, the Passover lamb, God, uh, the, God has commanded them to slay the lamb and to show the, the blood on the doorposts and all of that stuff. They were rehearsing. Uh, the they were rehearsing something. They wasn't just practicing something by a commandment, but they are rehearsing a moedim, a pointed time. And we know that Jesus is the Passover lamb. Jesus is our lamb, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And so he fulfilled that during Passover. He was, he was crucified during Passover time. And he was resurrected on the, whenever they were celebrating the Feast of First Fruits. And that's why 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verse 51, calls him the first fruits of them that slept. So he fulfilled the Feast of First Fruits on the First Fruits uh, day when he was resurrected from the grave. And then he fulfilled uh, the next one during the Feast of Weeks, which is 50 days after Passover. You are probably more familiar with the Greek word for this feast, which is called the Feast of Pentecost, meaning 50. So that was already a Hebrew holiday uh, whenever they were uh, celebrating it in Acts chapter 2 when Jesus sends the Holy Spirit among the church. And so he gathers it, because that's a gathering feast, so he gathers that together. Uh, he, uh, as they're gathering their, their uh, sacrifice of grain and, and the seven fruits of Israel and first fruits and all of that, they're gathering that for Pentecost. And while the, war, the, the, the Jewish people at that time were gathering those and bringing them to Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit, or Jesus, was gathering the church by sending the Holy Spirit in. So uh, I talked a little bit about that. And the Feast of Trumpets is the in the fall feasts of the Lord, or the fall Moedim, has not been completed by Jesus yet because this will be fulfilled at the rapture. And so the month of Elul, the reason why they're sounding the shofar, the ram's horn, or the trumpet, is as a reminder that the Feast of Trumpets has not yet taken place, but it is coming. So get ready. Repent. That's what the that's on the Jewish calendar, and so I want to talk a little bit about the shofar. And again, catch the um, the the last podcast that I published, the month of Elul, the time of grace, and the trumpet. I talk a little bit about all that, but I want to talk more specifically about the shofar, uh, the four different blasts that it has, and what um, it represents. The shofar, uh, according to the Jewish law, the Torah, was to be made out of a specific type of horn that could be hollowed out. Um, not everything could be used. Um, the, these longer ones uh, you see uh, that's in a lot of pictures, those are uh, from a kadu. Uh, typically, you also find a ram's horn. And a ram's horn is bent. And so it represents somebody bowing. Uh, so that's what that represents, bowing before the king. Um, and so they sound... Uh, uh, these horns has to be hollowed out 
There has to be a mouthpiece. Um, and it's made by putting your lips together with a mouthpiece and then buzzing your lips. That's what we called it in band. Buzzing your lips and blowing through it. Um, and the shofar calls out. And so there are uh, four different calls that a shofar makes. Um, the first one is called a tekiah, and that means a blast. And a blast could, a singular blast could represent a couple different things. The shofar was used to, and by extension the silver trumpets in the time of the tabernacle, was used to call uh, the leaders together. If there was one that was sounded, sometimes the leaders would meet at the tent of meeting to confer with Moses and Aaron to hear what the word of the Lord was. Uh, or if they sounded two, it could represent uh, everyone was supposed to assemble at the tent of meeting for a specific uh, holy convocation, like a holiday or um, for the Sabbath or Shabbat in Hebrew or something, uh, something along that lines. Um, it could be meeting sometimes sounding the silver trumpets uh, could also and by extension sometimes the shofar as well uh, could represent uh, that it was time to move um, if the cloud of day was moving and it was time for the camp of Israel to move then the camps of the east uh, which was Zebulun, Issachar and Judah which is also known as the camp of Judah would get up and go and then the tribes of the south and then so on and so forth, and they would get together, and they would get ready to move. But specifically, the ram's horn um, has four different types of blasts. The first one, like I said, is the tekiah, and sometimes that could represent uh, a king coming into uh, the presence of a courtyard or a city. And so it was just a single blast. Um, so it what it does is it announces that the king's presence is amongst you. Um, and we, uh, I attend at the Church of New Beginnings, at, and I'm an associate pastor there, and I'm also one of the watchmen that we open up every worship service with the sound of the shofar to call the people to worship and also to announce that the king's presence is here and that if it's the time for, uh, for repentance, uh, there's a shofar call for that, or to wake up and to crown the king, and I'll talk about all those uh, in just a moment. But that was the first one, Tekiah. Um, the next one is called Shevarim. Shevarim means uh, it's a three tone. It's 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 a uh, I guess a a, a distinct uh, three toned blast. So you think, ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. And it represents a wailing. Like a, a type of wailing. and Or weeping for repentance. It specifically uh, calls people to repent. They say, hey, it's time to repent. You know, we're in this dispensation, this time of grace. But we need to repent during this time period. Because I'm going to tell you uh, in just a little bit what the shofar actually uh, represents and who, not what, but who the shofar is, and and that's good. But I'll get to you, I'll get to that in a minute. Just stay with me. So there's a call to repentance, and then there's the teruah, the teruah call, 
and it's about nine or so staccato blasts. So whereas the tequila would be like wah, and then the chevarim would be ba da ba da ba da, the terua is ba 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 ba, or something along that, and that is an alarm. That is what would be sounded to catch everyone's attention. You know, the Bible talks about you know how shall you know. Uh, if a trumpet makes a, a, an uncertain sound, how will the people know what to do? And so, they're, uh, so if a trumpet makes an uncertain sound, the people are like, well, was that a shivarim? Are we repenting? Are we getting ready for battle? Are we getting up and moving? Or are they just calling the elders to the, uh, the tent of meeting? You know, what's going on? So a trumpet makes a certain sound. So it's intentional. Okay. So that's Teruah. And then you have what's called the Tekiya Haggadol. And uh, the Tekiya Haggadol means the great blast. And all that is is just a long drawn out Tekiya. And it just goes and it goes and it goes until the shofar player is out of breath. So that's something very specific too. So a shofar is sounded, like I said, by the buzzing of the lips, but also the breath. And if you understand your Hebrew words, the word ruach is the word for breath, for wind, or for spirit. And we know that... Um, so talking about the Tekiya Haggadol, the great blast, that is sounded one time. And the one time in the historic rabbinic Judaism would be at the end of the Day of Atonement when they're shutting the doors, they've prayed all the prayers, they've sacrificed all the sacrifices, the, pre the high priest has went into the Holy of Holies all those times, they've killed the, the, the scapegoat, let him out into the wilderness, depending on what time period you're talking about. Um, all of that's done, the day is done, all the prayers are said, God has accepted the sacrifice for this time. And again, this is Old Covenant. And it's time for the the gates of the temple or the tabernacle to close. It's the end of the day. Everything is finished. Okay? So the, the shofar is sounded with the breath. It is finished. And so as this is going forward, it means the end of atonement. So... And it's when breath leaves the body. So picture Jesus on the cross and he says, Into your hands I commend my ruach, my spirit, my wind, my breath. He cries out with a loud voice and then he dies. And that brought the end of the work of atonement for us as Christians. And so that's what the Tekiah Haggadol Shofar Blast represents. So you have Tekiah, the, the, uh, the announcement that the king's presence... Uh, is is there. You have the Shevarim, which is the call to repentance. You have the Teruah, which represents the awakening of the soul to, to stand up, to get ready to take action. Then you have the Tekiah Hagadol, which represents making every, the, the end of atonement, everything being finished. It is finished into your hands. I commend my spirit, O Lord, as Jesus said on the cross. And it also was for one other thing. It was for crowning the king. They would sound the Tekiah Hagado whenever they crowned the king. So, for example, when we start the service at Church of New Beginnings, we're announcing that the king is in our presence, 
we're announcing that if you need to repent, it's the time to repent. If it's a call to 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 rise up, go to battle, or whatever the case is, to awaken the heart, to to get up, the alarm, the teruah, and then the tekiah hagadol. The Bible says that God is enthroned upon the praises of His people, and so we crown the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with our praise during our worship ceremony. So that's why we open up with those four uh, shofar blasts. Now, what the shofar represents, or who the shofar represents, is you, the believers in Jesus, because it's the breath in the shofar that makes it sound. The Bible says, in Him we we live, we move, and we have our being. So without His Spirit, we're a hollowed out bone. We're a hollowed out horn. We'll sit there and we will collect dust. Or without His Spirit, we will become dust because we will be dead, right? But with His life force with His Spirit inside of us, His breath, His wind, His Spirit gives us life and gives us voice. And so we call out, hey, the King's presence is here. It's time to repent. Wake up, church. It's time to get about the Father's business. I crown the King of kings and the Lord of lords with my praise because He has done everything that is needed for salvation. We, Whenever we preach the gospel, whenever we share the gospel with others, we are being the shofar in somebody's life. We are being the shofar call in the month of Elul because there is a final trumpet that is coming. There is a final shofar blast. The Bible says that with a cry and with the voice of an archangel, or excuse me, with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in a moment with the twinkling of an eye, and there we shall meet the Lord in the air with them, and so forever be with the Lord, whereby comfort each other with these words. So, with all of that being said, this is what we are looking for. At. This is what the shofar represents. It's not just a Jewish Old Testament law that, you know, if we offend the law at one point, you offend and all. And, you know, trying to take people back to the law. This is something that God has established. He's told the end. He knows the end from the beginning. And He reveals these things to His people. It's a mystery of His kingdom. And so, yes, the shofar does represent something for us as Christians. It's not something that we do to fulfill an old covenant commandment. It's something that we, you know, me personally, that I do because it's a reminder that, they're, that the king's presence is here. It's a reminder to me, repent, make sure everything is under the blood, or to wake up. It's a reminder to crown the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with my praise, with my worship, because He has made an end to atonement. He said it is finished with the very last breath in His body. Just like the, the, the person who's blowing the shofar, their very last breath blows out until there's no breath left, just as Jesus did where there was no breath left in Him before He died on the cross. So I hope that this kind of encourages you and also, again, you represent the shofar. You might look at yourself as a hollowed out piece of bone, but with his breath in you, you become a bringer of good news to the lost. So I hope this uh, podcast is a blessing to you. God bless you in Jesus' name. I will do a, um, 
a podcast probably closer to Rosh Hashanah to talk a little bit more about that, even though um, this is pretty well discusses it, uh, too. Gives you something to look forward to. God bless you.